American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are joining us. This is The American Hustle. Hustle, where we believe the American dream is not dead. My name is Neil with Simpson Family Jeeps, sfj4x4.com, and joined on this episode as the huge with our, our startup of the American Hustle here before we expand for additional guests and programming is our, our decorated producer, you know, obviously created uh, our parent podcast, uh, I Speak Jeep. Jeffrey, the Italian stallion, who wants to do his intro. I, yeah, every time I go to talk, you just keep going. I so. just keep vamping yeah, well, as, we'll as far as, I, you know, well, we, we're off to such a, a banging good start because uh, <laughs> I didn't know whether we were on or not. And Jeffrey got in early today and re, and set up uh, more more studio changes. So as you're listening to us, and, and obviously you don't get to watch us or see us as much, uh, maybe you've seen a clip or two online. Um, but we keep, we keep, I think we're living our, our message cause we keep changing and progressing and, and absolutely trying to get better at our, our space. All right. Who are you? So I'm I go- should actually let you do your thing. Are, are you sure this time? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just really enjoying the new setup you've created. Yeah. So. Well, your monitor's back, so I know. I, my monitor's back. The sound quality is great. I don't have anything in my hand. You've done wonderful. So. I, I am Jeff Shermani. Um, Are you? Is this <laughs> this episode, uh, we, well, we've been talking about the barriers of effective leadership. This is like, seri- this is like number three in our series. Correct. Part yes. three. So this time uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the lack of, or we talked about lack of team unity and poor communication already. We're going to talk about ego and the uh, uh, unable to delegate well are our talking points. Um, obviously, take a moment real quick, though. Give us that five-star rating. Uh, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do, and then hang out for the end. We're going to talk about the quote of the week. Uh, that's my my favorite part. And uh, as usual, I make sure not to read through those uh, prepared production notes that I'm experiencing with you. If this is your first time joining us uh, as a listener, first of all, we thank you for being here. We thank you for stumbling uh, across um, this podcast and and prioritizing a listen. Uh, understand that this is meant to be an organic conversation, fluid in our delivery, and uh, and and ultimately a authentic, you know, give and take or conversation between Jeff and I, and ultimately you as the listener, as you kind of unpack and think about that information. And we want you to share back with us via a number of ways to communicate with us, and we'll let you know what those are towards the end of the program. But understand that Jeff and I are combining our uh, roughly 40 years combined experience in community organizing, uh, personal development, entrepreneurship, and, uh, and other arguably above average pursuits Absolutely. To, to, to share with you our listening base uh, so that maybe you can learn from some of our, our mistakes and that's ultimately... You know when you're moving forward, when you make mistakes, and you can look back and say, hey, there's where and how I need to improve upon things. But also, um, some of our 
our own learning curves, our own experiences where we feel like we did, you know, something particularly well and we're sharing it and saying, hey, this is how it had a positive effect on the team that I was leading, the the business that I was building, whatever it might be. So, Not only positives, but negatives too. We'll talk about the negatives. Oh, no doubt. And that's the, that's been the nature. We've certainly put out some, some businesses out there that, you know, bigger box stores that we, we wish would do a better job of managing themselves and, and, uh, and ultimately filtering down to their brand identity. And we've talked a lot about uh, how we just authentically better ourselves and our community around us yeah. by, you know, by some of these, these pursuits. Well, and um, the feedback has been amazing. I actually got another email from Chip uh, over the weekend. He's uh, almost every week now. He listens to the this show and then provides his experience that's related to the show. And it's really fun to see. And I'd love to have other listeners send us that information too, because it's it's just really cool to hear different stories. Right, and and a a great supporter of our our parent business, but also a a a decorated. A veteran, correct, and um, uh, a member of the CBs, I believe, correct, right? and yep. and so a phenomenal uh, history of of leadership and self improvement there. And it's interesting to hear his story and talk about how he kind of transitioned out of his military experience and was looking for purpose outside of you know outside of the military, yeah. which was self fulfilling, which was you know, oftentimes surrounded by like-minded individuals or working towards a shared goal or purpose. And then you kind of hit the ground and, and now we're in this vast ocean of average or mediocrity, Correct. right? And, and I'm so constantly frustrated at how, you know, average society, our bar is so low. I mean, one of the things I always told people was that, uh, you know, the easiest thing for us to do was just just actually do the task we told people that we were going to do, right? So Absolutely. in our in our our parent on you know our parent pursuit, you know I always say it's just not that hard. If I tell you we're going to be able to do something, then we're going to be able to do it for you. If I'm not able to do it, then I don't tell you I can do it, right? You know. Well, and I'll, I think that's probably a fair segue into um, this part three because we're going to be kicking it off and talking about ego. Right. Yeah. And so the, the idea of being able to be true to your word, authentic to your word, right? Authentic to your word and an understanding that you too make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And um, I'm going to be focusing uh, uh, in part, uh, ego is a huge talking point, huge, huge, huge talking point. Yeah. But we're going to have to try to keep it succinct and focused. For right. This. And, and ultimately we this could is go on well, without a question. We're going to be talking, I, I believe, largely in part with ego and leadership. Correct. Right. And so that is, um, <clears throat> again, the attempt to keep that succinct in conversation because ego can affect us in in so many other forms, right? But um, and it's it's hard to separate it, and sometimes to say, am I, you know, am I appropriately representing my my brand, my pursuit, my committee, my organization? If um, you know, if my my ego's not in check, or if it's below average, right? Right. So if you're if you if you're not bold enough, if you don't take enough charge, that could actually if your ego is low, so that could go the opposite direction. I think we'll largely be talking about ego as the self fulfilling, right? When a business leader makes the uh, 
you know, the activities of the business about themselves. Correct. I once, I, I once knew a, a factory that, um, you know, was, was told directly by a consultant. A consultant came in to attempt to evaluate and give a valuation of the business yeah. for resale. And the consultant came in, third-party consultant, completely unrelated to the business. And after a full day of, you know, taking information down and reviewing their metrics, said, your business is unsellable because oh. it exists as an occupation for the owner yeah, and not as a bankable business. And that's a term that, uh, you know, I learned too late in the game of my own entrepreneurial pursuits as a bankable business. And, and as business leaders, that's ultimately one of the things that we should oftentimes be, you know, going after is, is do we look good on paper? Do we look good um, in the community? Do we look good? Do, do people want to get involved in this business? Right. Or is it simply a business that creates a product? Right. And so that's an interesting talking point. But again, back to the consultant conversation, the individual who created that factory at this point in time, this was a factory that had, you know, 50 to 100 employees, you know, multi-million dollar contracts. And the consultant flat out says, this is not a bankable business. This is an occupation for the guy who founded it. Fascinating, right? Oh, yeah. And that has a little bit, uh, has a lot to do with ego, right? And so I think it's it's one of those um, concepts we have to say, what is ego? So where, where would you come in at this conversation, Jeffrey? So my thought is, if somebody comes in and says, hey, there's a lot of people out there better than you and say, no, there's not, you have too much ego. Sure. There, there's always somebody better out there, and you have to be willing to accept that. You have to be willing to understand that you're going to make mistakes, but also you have to make sure your ego doesn't get in the way of developing your people. Yeah. And, you know, there was a a really popular clip that went around the internet uh, from when we were doing uh, our beta, you know, our beta process for this podcast, yeah. uh, the American Hustle. And it, you know, it's where we're talking about the inverted pyramid of leadership and the role of the executive. Absolutely. Right? And this idea that the executive um, realistically eats last, right? Yep. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> When I say eats last, there is, um, you know, potentially, you know, on a captain's ship, in the military, in, um, uh, you know, certain camps, you know, camp revivals, things like that. There's a concept of the person who eats last is the person who is actually the most in charge. And their concept of in, ensuring that everybody else gets their, their appropriate shared uh, plate, right? Yes. So that's not to say that they eat last and they get... The, the leftovers or the, uh, you know, the, the pittance. Right. Right. The, the, the goal is that the people who, who eat first get an appropriate share so that by the time that it filters down to the last couple people in line, they too are getting an equal share of the plate. Correct. Right. But they are ensuring that the people who are eating first are the ones who are most in need, who are the most well-supported, who are the ones who need that fulfilling concept of going, hey, I know that the the buffet is full, that the pots are full. We're not concerned about scarcity. I'm, they're <clears throat> not at that same 
conceptual level as that leader who's eating last, right? Well, and it goes back to our interviewing episode that we did where your ego should be in check when you're doing interviews because you should be trying to hire people that are better than you. 100%. 100%. And not only should they be better than you, but you should let everybody know that they are better. Absolutely. Right? And so, uh, and I've heard the kind of the self-deprecating phrase of, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not the sharpest, you know, pencil in the box or the, the brightest crayon or the brightest bulb or whatever. Um, and, and there are a couple famous uh, quotes out there from individuals saying, you know, that something to the effect of, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not the smartest man in the room, right? That general idea, Mm -hmm. because if you approach it with, if you approach your, your daily interactions with a sense of, of wonder or awe, or the idea that I need to learn something new today, Mm -hmm. then you are actually more qualified to lead, to engage um, and to produce, yeah, not just locally, but regionally and, and, you know, arguably, you know, kind of metaphysically in the whole grand scheme, we could talk about religion in this regard, but if we <clears throat> claim that we have all the answers, if we claim that, you know, that we are, uh, the greatest thing since sliced bread, then you know, we failed. So, and that goes back to, uh, the conversation we had early on in this with whether or not a leader should want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And the best leaders, in my opinion, did not want to be the leader. Sure. But that's because their ego's not there hmm. to get in the way. Right. Whereas if you're if you're doing everything you can just to become the leader of the company and that's your only goal, is it your ego is, that makes you think that you deserve to be in that role? Right. Is your ego getting in the way? Right. And I think that... You know, we we use this term, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, and that really kind of came out, um, I don't know, somewhere in the last 50 years or so. That, yeah, yeah. As the pursuit of suburbia, mm-hmm. you know, kind of unfolded. And the idea that you needed to achieve certain levels of affluence, certain levels of, uh, you know, notoriety, so that your so that your reputation, so that your um, presence was, you know, was forthcoming, right? So right. people go, oh, well, that's the, he's the the chief operating officer of one of the big three auto manufacturers. Or, you know, he's the bank president of the local, you know, the local large credit union or whatever it might be. Right. And the idea that <clears throat> the most successful individuals, and we can look at, uh some of the most wealthy individuals in society right now. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say that that's the measurement of success. I, I recently was uh, the voyeur of a conversation of what does success mean to you, right? And so not to say that affluence specifically equates success. However, uh, some of the wealthiest individuals that and some of the most talked about individuals, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, those individuals created products and processes they sought out they 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 sought to solve problems yes and fill niche markets that that made sense to them 
right? Yeah. They didn't actually go out there because they needed everybody to know their name. They initially toiled quietly in the background solving problems. Yeah, absolutely. And then those processes and products that they created gave them notoriety, right? So that was the vessel at which they then became, you know, they achieved the notoriety, the wealth, the relative freedom to follow other pursuits, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so that's a a huge difference of say, you you still need to have moxie. You still have to have, you have to be a tough individual. Absolutely. But ultimately uh, you have to have the right perspective, right? Say, what what am I trying to achieve here? Is this self-fulfilling or is this about you know, about the people, about the problem, about the process, those Correct. types of things. And so it's it's always valuable to say, um, what am I going to learn new today? Uh, initially starting with uh, the business that, you know, is, is our vessel to, you know, every day, nine to five. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, that's, if you're not familiar, we're, we're involved in the automotive business. And uh, long before American Hustle podcast, we had the I Speak Jeep podcast, which is a phenomenally successful automotive podcast. And um, years ago, I used to tell customers calling in that if I was to kind of bold face start telling you about your Jeep, if if you did not start to share with me about what your experience has been or what the modifications have been to it or how you intend to use it, if I just jump in and say, well, this is what you should do and these are the parts you have to use and you're wrong because these, you know, this Jeep never came off the, the assembly line and all those types of things, then I'm full of malarkey. Yeah. Because... I don't know. You're calling in. We've never met before. So I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to listen to what you have to share with me. And then one of our most uh, champion talking points, and we, we are, we're big on consistent talking points when we're doing consultations with customers at this point, is our first thing we do is say, well, how do you plan to use your vehicle? Correct. Teach me something about you. Teach me about your your expectations or what you think you're going to do. Even if you're as green, you're a greenhorn to the to the automotive community, to off-roading, to overlanding and camping, tell me what you think you're going to do with your Jeep yep. before we tell you what you're supposed to do. I'm doing air quotes for yeah. those who can't see. But that's because we every customer is going to use their vehicle different. And so by understanding them and taking that out, you're not just using your own ego going, well, you need to have tons and 40s on every vehicle. You need to have long arm. That's an ego stroke. Oh, and and I, I appreciate you making that distinct connection without us talking about it, right? But the ability to say this, our pursuits is to fulfill the individual. I always use the term to meet the Jeeper where they are at. And again, if you're not familiar with the automotive community, Jeeps is a kind of a, a fun uh, vehicle, you know, top off four by four. Uh, it, it really caters to a niche market, and uh, you know, so ultimately to engage in, in kind of a fun and you know appropriately fulfilling experience with their vehicle, whether that's camping or off roading or yeah. 
um, traveling, you know, to the beaches or, or whatever, versus there are absolutely pursuits within the automotive market that are strictly about ego, right? How much money can you spend? How big can it get? How flashy can it get? Yeah. You know, those types of things. So the nature of our business is we really create or offer a product to the people exactly that we're talking about. Yes. Right? How can we help you do what you want to do versus how can we help you be like, you know, compensating because you're at, yeah. the, at the gym with the biggest, flashiest vehicle sitting outside. And, you know, this is actually, we're going to transition pretty quickly into unable to delegate well because oftentimes your ego is a reason that you can't delegate well. Yes. Because you think you can do it better. Yes. And you you know the process, you know what you're doing, you just, you just want to get it done. Whereas... If you use the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, yes, you can actually delegate things out very efficiently, very effectively. Sure. And understand that, hey, they might not do it as good as you that first couple times. Sure. But it's still getting done. You know what? I, I want to <clears throat> clarify because something that I, in my own uh, peculiarities, my... My, my, you know, if, you, if you've met me, you might say a little bit of OCD, something. I don't really get into the, a lot of those label termy things, but a lot of people who look in on me might might give me some of those acronym alphabet soup titles, right? But ultimately, it's not even doing it better than me. It's simply doing it differently than me, yeah. right? So one of the things that I super struggled with, and I failed. That's really valuable to know, folks, that I failed prior to starting this company. I failed at delegating, specifically because I was working for an employer. I was working for somebody else. Yeah. And instead of doing uh, what was outlined in my job description of the, the administrative pursuits of that position, I was a camp director uh, overseeing an adventure, outdoor leadership, learning, uh, youth camps. And uh, I failed because I did not delegate in part because of my ego, right? This yeah. is literally what we're talking about today. I was fired and I had never quote unquote failed at something at that point. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, a successful, uh, you know, per, uh, not a professional athlete by any means. I don't want to give myself that much credit, but a competitive athlete. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, through college, I had worked steadily. I had built up a couple little tchotchke small businesses. I had done a number of different things. I'd go to work for somebody else. And, uh, you know, believe me, I had worked previous to this and this was a secondary big corporate employer. And I failed because I just didn't like how people were doing things differently than me. Yeah. I did not set them up for success by encouraging the development of processes, uh, procedures that met our needs or expectations, I just found myself going, it's easier if I just do it. Oh, yeah. Right? And it was just because it was different, not better or worse. That yep. was never in my mindset. My ego was just different. Yep. And it's not so, the way you would do it. It's just not the way I would do it. And so, so you're listening to me right now and you're thinking, oh, well, no, no, I'm a good leader because it's it's not that I think I'm better, but I just do it different, right? People just People just like... How I bake the pie, how I how I face the the you know the front counter, right? Um, how I set up for the convention, whatever it is. No, that's it's that doesn't mean you're better or worse. That means you're you're still getting in the way of growing your committee, your group, your business, your whatever. And I'm gonna I'm gonna relate it back to another part of the effective leadership we already talked about: communication. Sure. If you 
are going to delegate, first of all, you have to communicate well on those delegated tasks. Secondly, you can only delegate tasks. You cannot delegate responsibility. Mm -hmm. You are, as a leader, are still responsible for those tasks getting done. So you have to consider that when you're delegating it, that you may have to do follow-up. You may have some additional work involved, but you're still taking work off of your plate by delegating it appropriately and developing your people to be able to handle those tasks. I, I, I love that idea because... Uh, and I want to reiterate because that's a great way to say it. And I want to make sure that people caught that and they can unpack that a little bit to say you're delegating a task as a leader and not the responsibility. Because ultimately, uh, I am a huge, huge, huge believer in the buck stops here. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. As the leader, you are ultimately responsible for every piece of product right? And that could be a service that you provide. It could be a physical, tangible product. It could be, um, you know, the, the level of community appeal that you have, right? In your, your local region, your industry, your whatever. You are responsible for that. You're responsible for supporting it. You're responsible for furthering it. And when you hire and arguably fire and when you manage those aspects are your responsibility. Yes, you have put people in place to follow through on that, but you have to ensure that that is actually um, happening to the best of everyone's ability. I'm going to take it a step further. When you delegate a task out as a leader, if that task is done well, you as a leader don't get credit for that. The person (laughs) that did that, you give them their credit. Yeah. If it doesn't get done well, you better take that responsibility. And so you're getting all the negatives and your team's getting all the positives. And by doing that, you're actually lifting yourself up as well because you're building a better team. Jeffrey, you gave me, you gave me chills because um, I, I do call upon my, my competitive athletic experience a lot in my own personal development. My father was a lifelong coach. And so I grew up in the competitive athletic environments and it was all the sports, right? And, and I always try to glean some information, some, uh, again, open perspective based on those experiences that I had, the, the camaraderie that happens on the field, the coaching staff becoming, being a coachable individual. Um, and so one of those impactful experiences that I had not had up until my high school uh, football experience with a coach, and he said, when we win, you guys did that. You know, you guys won the game. You you made that happen. And when we lose, the the conversation stops at me, right? Yeah. And so when people in the community wanted to talk about, oh, well, that guy fumbled it, you know, fumbled the play, or oh, they look like they were dragging out there. Um, he said, when that when that conversation starts, it stops with me because I don't let it go any further. Correct. You can you you blame me for the loss. You. Um, you know, you, you, we shut that down basically. Yes. And then when we win, it's all on you guys, you know? And I, it was, that was my first exposure to that as a, as a leadership concept. And I, I gotta tell you, that's the right way to look at things. That's the right way to do it. And then your team is going to respect you more Yes, because they see you taking on all the negative, protecting them, but also giving them all the accolades when things go right. Well, and I think that as we circle back to you know that talking point of ego and delegation, 
it's valuable to know that in that process of ego and, and delegation, as you delegate that task and that individual starts that um, process, as they start fulfilling and going through the motions of, of doing the task at hand, that you have to give them the freedom to create that uh, process or space. Yes. Right. So that is your role. That becomes your your job at that point is to support them in creating that process, because ultimately now that's going to free you up as a leader to appropriately support elsewhere or start an an endeavor elsewhere. And initially it may be tough. You may actually have to invest more time than you were on the same task as you help them develop their own systems and processes. But once they have done that and they have become effective in that role yes. and you've supported them, now your time is freed up. You got to get out of the way. Yep. Right? So it's not even just freed up. Get the heck out of the way. Let them do it. Wind them up and let them go. And yep. that's that's one of the 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 my personal if you can if you take one thing out of our conversation today of ego and checking your ego at the door, right? If you check your ego at the door and you're appropriately able to delegate, you wind that employee up and you let them just sprint, right? Yes. And uh, and and then that is going to make you ten times more successful because if your ego gets in the way of your uh, professional, objectives, you will fail, yes. right? If ego is the foremost you know, thing that you're looking to fulfill on a daily basis, or one of your employees has uh, a huge big ego, because we dealt with this in, in athletics, we deal with this in the workplace, you have to work within those constraints to help those people put that in check and create teachable moments Yes, versus, you know, poking holes in their ego or, or trying to deflate them for the sake of being, you know, negative, being a negative Nancy. No, we want to actually create teachable moments that go, Hey, you know what? Maybe we're not the the biggest thing in the, in the room and understand that, uh, that you do want to set that example by checking your ego first. Correct. And, you know, we often talk about the concepts, but we don't really give out tools for success very often. We just tell you why we do it, different things. Sure. There is a tool that I highly recommend people looking into that will help you delegate well. Uh, it's called the Franklin Covey Planner. And they actually have a, a, a full system. It's really cool. You, get, you write out your to-do list each day, week, sure. month, whatever, however you want to break it out. But on your daily to-do list, you then prioritize your task. You have a task, B task and C level task. Sure. And then if it's an A level task, that's a highest priority. Uh, and then you rank it one, two, three, four, five, uh, a, a, so it'd be A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, B3, C1, C2, C3. If there's C's on your to-do list, you better be circling it and delegating it out mm. because it's not a high enough priority for you to take on. Sure. It sure. is a high enough priority that it needs done. That's why it's on your list but it should be delegated out. And honestly, if you've built the team successfully, your B priorities should also be delegated out. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I do think it's, uh, it is valuable to note the whole concept of tools um, as far as to actually follow through on these concepts that we're talking about, because, you know, talk is cheap, right? The old adage is talk is cheap until you actually put it into practical 
practice until you are actually out there employing these ideas and concepts in your everyday yes. experiences, then, you know, then talk is cheap, right? And so these tools allow us to go from the individual who has a little seed planted in the back of their brain going, I want to see this situation be better, right? right? And I think that that's so valuable is that that's, that's who I feel like the American hustle is directed to is the person who has the seed in the back of their brain who goes, I want to see this situation or me personally be a little bit better. Oh yeah. And then how do I go from that position of going, Hey, I, I see where I think I can help where I think that I can create, where I think we can do better. How do I actually get from that point a to, you know, point C, D, E, F, G. How do I get through B and C through the process? And these tools, and whether they be a planner, whether they be understanding the Pareto principle, whether they understand, you know, the quotes, you know, the, the quotes that we produce each week, or even just, um, those even, are tools. Even just having a document that you use every time you do a certain process, a, a checklist, if you will, to make sure that you're doing the process consistently uh, and effectively every time. Yes. So in, in the automotive industry that we are, we have an oil change checklist. It seems simple enough because yes. it's just an oil change and a few other things we do as customer courtesy. But we have a full page checklist of things to make sure that every little step is done. And we do that every time. Yes. Yeah. And those are, uh, interestingly enough, that's it's not just a tool for, for success, but it's a tool of delegation. Yeah. Right? It really is. And, and so... We're, we're actually able to then uh, break down the process to then allow somebody else to jump in um, as a potentially an entry-level tech or even that professional polished technician whose brain is on something really advanced. Yes. It helps them <laughs> delegate the, the actual task, the process of the simple oil change to make sure that they don't forget anything uh, it create it is then becomes that tool for the 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 process itself which is an interesting you know segue for us but yeah. uh, I, I think that the concepts that we've we've covered today and and so for for our listeners you know the idea of uh, you know to 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 really get your ego in check understand, what it is that you're bringing to the table, what is it that you bring to work every day, and what your objective is. If it is a, is about a self-fulfilling process. If you feel like the business cannot turn without you, then you have to work to change what you're doing. Correct. If you enjoy what you're doing so much that you want to continue to stay involved and you want to continue to support those people that you've put in place, then then that's a that's a slightly different concept. But if you think that you are the only cog in the wheel of your five-person business, of your two-person business, of your of your 500-person business, then you, then you got to check your ego at the door and reevaluate what your intention is. Absolutely. Um, so there's another thing, too. We talk, There's other barriers out there. There's a lot of different barriers. Yes. But um, I actually came across an article this weekend, and I just want to briefly share with that. Uh, you can go to Inc. and find this article. It's called 10 Barriers to Great Leadership by Brian FJ. Do you pay for Inc.? I, no, I came across this free. No, so I used to actually, I used to actually pay for it, and it was years ago, and I loved it as a magazine. It's and such a great, great magazine. It was this, a great magazine, and I, I, 
then uh, as magazines kind of fell by the wayside and people wanted to pay for um uh pay for you know website subscriptions and whatnot i kind of fell out of love with oh, that yeah. but i really enjoy ink and uh, money magazine used to be a big oh, one yeah. for me that i would read and so i've been disappointed because oftentimes the ink um it's INC, right? right. Is that for, your for yeah. incorporated? Incorporated. Yep. Uh, every time I see an article that you know, f- you know, fits my fancy, I click on it. It's like, oh, it wants me to subscribe, and I'm like, oh, not today, not today, internet, well, not today. For you, I printed it out, but okay. also I have the link for our listeners. I will have in the description of this episode. Outstanding. So, just a couple so free article, free tool, free tool. Great. Uh, just a couple quick headlines uh, of the topics. Believing it, that it can't happen to you is one of their. Talking points. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the usefulness of mistakes. 100%. Fail forward. Yep. Not asking for the right things. Mm-hmm. Not letting your team do its job. That's part of the delegating conversation and the ego conversation. Yes. Wind them up and let them run. Uh, lack of functional credibility and lack of leadership process credibility are two different talking points. Uh, not enough courage to let go of yesterday's tools. Mm. Uh, and an ability to face the power dynamics of leadership. And a good memory, too good. Interesting. The The memory one I thought was fun because uh, it goes back to that ego. Uh, people are going to make mistakes. And if your memory holds on to that mistake, yes, you can't move forward. Yes. So you have to be willing to forget the mistakes and just keep moving forward. Not even just the mistakes, but um, forget and, and ignore. Uh, one of the things that I think... I want to choose my choose my words and and a little gift of wisdom wisely because I I the way I I say it is let people grow up. Uh, it's a conversation that I have you know especially if you you know you're coming out of you know your your youthful years uh, your your initial years in business your initial years in interacting with a customer is is that we want to allow people to to grow up and I don't I don't care if we're talking about a 40 year old becoming a 60 year old or uh, you know a five year old business becoming a 15 year old business but uh, understanding that um, people who are on their come up allow them to come up right oh yeah and so that's a, an interesting concept to say you know don't hold on to the fact that when you interacted with this customer you know three years ago they couldn't produce uh, $10 from their pocket, and now they want to put a, a $1,500 purchase order in with you. Yeah. Uh, let them put the $1,500. Don't don't become your own barrier, right? Right. right. Um, let people be on their come up. If you had a, a friend in high school and and or college or young professional career, and now they're a, a decorated individual trying to, you know, do personal self-help or spiritual fulfillment or whatever – Support them, be on their come up and be like, hey, you know what? That's cool. I'd love to see where you're at now. I, I love to see that you're, uh, you know, separately, this is a different conversation. You're a recovered addict. Man, that's awesome. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, you've done great. You've done amazing things. You know, let people be on their come up. That's a great piece um, because uh, a, me- a good memory, too good, is this is this talking point. And they, leaders need to forget, uh, forget a great many things. A really bad day must give away to trying again in the morning. So yeah. don't worry about yesterday being, you know, just a crapshoot. You know, try it again today. And and I'll be the first person to say I've been through a lot of, of downswings in my personal professional life. And one of the things that uh, authentically my wife and I would say was 
We'll try again tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, uh, with that, I actually almost quoted from that article, but I chose not to because okay. I, want, I want our listeners to go on and check out that article themselves. Yeah. And so Jeffrey um, said he's going to have a link for you in the description. In the of description. The and I think we'll also uh, try to link to the Franklin Covey planner. Yeah. Um, if we can find a, a decent link for you on that. Uh, I have if that not, link too. So that's not a big deal. Yeah. We'll provide you that because we want to equip you. Uh, with some of these tools that we've used, and and I and I want you to hear this out real quick because I I have lived this where there's there's a number of different uh, Venn diagrams, flow charts, different talking points that I have been part of in, in in personal, social, and business development, and you get into a tool and uh, you use it and you get very excited and then it kind of falls by the wayside and then you get into another tool. And I'm going to, you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to say that's okay because oh, yeah. eventually you're going to find yourself in a tool or a process that is going to flat out stick. And through the process of trying these different planners, uh, diagrams, you know, flow charts, uh, consulting groups, mastermind classes, whatever it is that, that is going to work for you, that helps recharge us. That helps springboard us into the next endeavor. Absolutely. And, and and you have to find the tool that works for you, not just the one that everybody says is the greatest tool in the market. Correct. So, you know, this Franklin Covey link, when you go check that out, see what you think of it. If you're interested in it, you can go on and buy it. We're not sponsored by them. We're I'm not, not telling you to yeah. do that. But if you like it, try it out. If you don't like it, Oh, well. Yes. Maybe and maybe you'll learn something from it, though, that can help you create your own tool. Without question. And and for myself, uh, if you've, you know, if you've, if you've been acquainted with me for very long and when we do shows and we go out to a, events um, or here internally, I oftentimes carry around a, a notebook. I call it yep. my war journal. And I actually can go back through uh, years of these journals. And so basically I open up two pages and it's so for me for my own tool uh necessity and i'll take notes for a week on two pages now it's also interesting is that it allows me to go back and look through years of information and interactions with customers oh yeah and sometimes on these pages they're you know kind of appropriately lined up you know written horizontal in the you know, in the, within the lines and vertical in columns. And sometimes there's wild, you know, angular and circles and, you know, crazy. And nobody you know, would understand it. No, but you. Nobody would understand the hieroglyphics. And that's that's what I've developed over the years from from being exposed to some of these different processes. And I remember being frustrated that I couldn't make this production planner work for me. I couldn't make this Venn diagram work every day for yeah. me. And by kind of developing my own processes, then allowed my own, you know, the alphabet soup in my head to become a little more, a little more succinct. Yes. You know? Well, okay. We've enough about us. I'll check my ego at the door and stop talking for you all. Yeah. We're going to transition to my favorite part. Absolutely. Quote This is my world now. Business owners tend to do everything which isn't practical as you grow. As the business becomes dependent on you, you focus on your passion less and less. You're bogged down with processes, and this tends to burn out and prevents your business from growing. Instead, do what you love, outsource the rest. And that's Nick Lighton from Forbes Coaches Council. I feel like you just touched me in my heart. Yeah. 
Well, then. I want to read it again just because, you know, it just it's it's impactful. And uh, you might not be there yet. You might still be in your in your own come up as a small business owner, as a leader, as a as a community committee member. But understand businesses, business owners tend to do everything, which isn't practical as you grow. As the business becomes dependent on you, you focus on your passion less and less. You're bogged down with processes, and this leads to burnout and prevents your business from growing. Instead, do what you love and outsource the rest. This is phenomenally valuable and you might be, you know, listening and you might be, you know, still, you know, kind of hungry in your pursuit at this point. And I commend you, uh, dig down deep and, 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 you know, stay with it. However, if you do have found yourself recently struggling with some of this, uh, understand that what is going to make you successful is the fact that you are enthusiastic, you're passionate, and you're resilient in your pursuit of leadership or whatever task it is at hand. If you're not, right, and I meet people every day who are unfulfilled by, you know, their career of choice or whatever, um, understand that this little seed that we're talking about today um, could could become, um, you know, your your passion, your dream one day. And don't forget about that seed, right? Because there's going to come a point in time where that passion, that moment where you're feeling a little burnout, you're feeling a little low, remember what that seed once was when it started to grow in the first place, because that will help recenter you, bring you back, uh, reignite that fire, and then help you, you know, to to delegate, right? To delegate and to continue to grow the business and work on the business and not for the business. Lots and lots of cool concepts here, folks. Wow, there's a lot, a lot of good stuff uh, when it comes to leadership. I just love this stuff. I get so jazzed up. Uh, I appreciate the talking points today, Jeffrey. You did great. The the quote, impactful. So depending on where you're at in, in your process and your journey of leadership or business or self-improvement, you know, hopefully you found something valuable today in our conversation. We want you to be part of it. You can email Jeff at J-E-F-F-C at SFJ4X4.com. Again, Jeff C at SFJ4X4.com. Or you can text us on our text only number 440-855-2100. I had a great time. I hope that you do too. Something that you've listened to here today makes a difference, opens your mind, uh, allows you to put some of your own personal experiences uh, potentially in check if you think your ego is getting a little too big or somebody on your team and you can help them through it. Also, the process of delegation and understanding that you don't have to do everything, that in order for your business to grow, wind your employees up and let them do the task that you have encouraged them to do. I, I'm, I know I'm fired up. I'm ready to have a great week. I hope you are too. Get out there and get hungry. And stay hungry. And this is my world. The American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through Heart and Hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. 
you can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.